Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Overtime Show. Uh, unfortunately, we had a great episode, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, but audio issues and video issues. So we're going to do a nice, lovely Zoom call today. Uh, we're going to talk about the crazy week of football we've just had, playoff contentions and places and standings, and also maybe a little bit about Trevor Lawrence and where he's going to go. So let's just get started with the week of football that we've just had. Jets beating the Rams. <laughs> that wasn't part of the plan. That was not part of the plan. Yeah, Adam I mean, Gase doesn't care. What is he? What is he's not going to be there next year? He might as well screw it up for them. Probably yeah. gives him a better chance of staying. Oh yeah, not true. I mean, I actually was listening to, um, I think it was Shannon Sharp last week, and he was saying like, uh, although everybody in the organization wants to lose sixteen games, trust me, the players don't, and that just screamed of it yesterday. It was, yeah. Play, yeah. Players are embarrassed if they go over sixteen. Like, well, I mean, that's that's the Rams like attempt at the NFC West kind of gone now. They were in contention with the Seahawks and now losing to the Jets. They're just, that's, that's playoff kind of ruined. Oh, no, trust me. They can still beat us. Um, I am probably one of the least confident 10-win teams um, there's been around. I uh, I love my Seattle Seahawks. I think the defense is really playing better, but the Rams still have a chance. Um, they can get your quarterback and they, they will take away DK Metcalf. So, when they play us, I think it's either next week or the week after. Um, they're going to come up here and they're going to, it's going to be a really tough game. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they still won that game, to be honest, and win the division. It's How fun would that be if it was down to the last game for the division? That would be, that would be nice and juicy. Yeah. Mitchell, every game I've watched with Seattle this year it has come down to the last second as to whether or not we win or lose. I think I don't want the division to come down to the last second <laughs> of my season. Before the playoffs even begin, my heart can't take anymore. <laughs> no, I know it's been rough. Um, we'll, we'll also brush over the Broncos as well. Absolutely blown out by the Bills. Um, hey, the first half we looked. Uh, yep, it was fine. Let's just. It ended there. Let's get rid of Drew Lock. Get rid of John Elway. I'm done with them. Get rid of Pat Shermer, our offensive coordinator. I'm done. Yeah, I so, mean to be fair, like 21-13 at halftime is not the worst score in the world against the Bills. Mm. To then give up 17 in the third quarter alone is uh, that's frightening. Like, that's that that is doesn't sound like a very bad football team. I mean, I mean the pieces, you guys are a lot of the pieces are there. I'm not actually that down on the team. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? We might as well get as high a draft pick as possible. So I I don't care. Let's put Kendall Hinton back in at quarterback for all I care. <laughs> Yeah, you, go, yeah. you want to go five and eleven and get that? Well, probably about number six or seven pick. I know we can't even suck bad enough, but I mean, we'll see. Let, there's a lot of dumb teams at the top that will probably draft stupid people, and then we'll we'll get a nice gem there in the top six or seven. Zach Wilson's available. I mean, you could always go get him, but I'll, let's move again to that a bit later. We'll talk about Trevor Lawrence, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I'm just gonna. Go on the Packers. I mean, we start off really well in the first half. I scored was twenty like twenty one points in the first half, and then only three points in the second half. Um, when we go on to talk about the MVP race, uh, I think Rogers is more concerned about just putting four good quarters of football together rather than you know worrying about the MVP race for him. I mean, the Packers are just I don't know. Like the the defense was better, but. It, we're just not not consistent. Like I said to you guys last last time we spoke, it's just I can't watch them and be confident about what what's going to happen. 
Yeah, what what worries me is Aaron Jones nearly has 150 yards rushing and a touchdown, and you win by eight points. Mm. Like if someone had said you at the start of the game, Joe, like, oh, Aaron, Aaron Jones is going to go for nearly 150 yards and get a touchdown, said this game would have been an eight point game. Like especially if it was Packers, is once it gets a little bit tighter, once it gets a little bit more physical football, I think that you start to see the Packers a little bit more of a finesse team mm. and teams like that. Don't win in the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's the same reason I don't think the Buccaneers are going to go very, very far in the playoffs. Is they're a finesse football team? Yeah, I was actually going to going to ask about what you guys think about the uh, the Buccaneers this year. They're still trudging along. You mean uh, Tampa Bay? <laughs> Tampa <laughs> Bay, yeah. Tampa Bay. <laughs> it just took advantage of an embarrassing Atlanta team, and uh, Tom is always going to. He's never, you know, he's going to have these brilliant halves, these brilliant quarters. And he's always going to have some moments where he looks 43, but he is so smart with so many things. He's going to make up for a lot of shortcomings for that team. And that's why I think they could have easily lost three, four, even more games this season. So they'll be just fine, but there's no way that they're threatening deep in the playoffs. But I will say no one in this NFC really scares me. I'm, I don't get the hype around the saints and I've been watching every game. So mm. I, yeah, I, Maybe they will go to the NFC Championship, but I will punch myself in the face if that if Tom Brady gets back into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I think literally the only team you can't poke a hole with is is the Chiefs, and even then you can still poke a hole with them, saying they can't really run the ball very well. Every team has issues, but I think the NFC each team has a glaring issue. Like the Packers is you can't play physical football. For me, yeah. it's the Saints is there's too much check down. They, they can't stretch the field. You know, you're you're going to play Drew Brees, who's what was it eleven broken ribs or something like yeah you know, like, like a car crash injury like i mean i'm sorry <laughs> that's i'm sorry he's gonna get smashed the next two weeks um you know i'm sorry he's not gonna make it seahawks we can't protect russell wilson you know you know the rams if you get the jar golf they turn into an absolute basket case like it you know every team in the nfc seems to have a glaring issue and i think it's just going to be fun to see which one of these teams with horrible issues comes out of the nfc because i think no matter what you're going to face the chiefs uh, because I, I can't see anybody beating the chiefs but i i sure hope that it's the washington football team what a joy would that be i mean they're going to have um a first round home game it's just going to be that would be the great for Dwayne Haskins. That's all I. That's all I wish. A Dwayne Haskins versus Pat Mahomes Super Bowl. How, how just joyful would that be? John Alex Smith. No, like we all got Alex <laughs> Smith in there. If I'll, actually, if Washington gets into the playoffs, I will secretly root for Alex Smith to win the Super Bowl because that would be the, the comeback year of all comeback years, even yeah. if he did nothing. Yeah, it's there. Uh, I could root for that guy, but in the NFC, yeah, it's probably going to be New Orleans. But like you said. Normally, you just bet on the best quarterback, but I don't think Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers can overcome what's going on with their teams right now. No, I, I think you're. I think the Saints are probably the most complete team in the NFC, but I mean that's a very fragile, complete. Like there is, if you can get after Drew Brees, especially if he's not healthy at the minute, I mean they're in trouble. I mean as are any man, you can get any quarterback in trouble, but especially with the Saints because he's not mobile. So, I mean. Uh, were there any uh, any other scores this week that shocked you? Um, yeah, the 49ers putting up 33 points against the Cowboys with Nate Mullins. Like, uh, <laughs> or Nick Mullins, sorry. Like, I, I, all I can say is Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, is a top three coach because it just doesn't seem to matter what quarterback you give him. Like, they are good and they have lost so many starters and they are five and nine. 
mm. with a four and three away record. Like, I mean, to me, that is ridiculously impressive. Mm. Um, they'll be back next year for sure, unfortunately for, for me. But <laughs> I know we talked about the Jets winning. I think that is the most interesting that happened, the thing that happened. But let's not forget about Thursday night football because it was a highly entertaining game between the Raiders and Chargers that they just kept trying to give away to one another. Um, the late picks and the missed field goals. And yeah, it's the most fun I've had in quite a while. And for the Chargers not to screw it up, that was truly a shock. Yeah, I'm really liking what Justin Herbert's doing over there. I mean, he he was kind of thrust into the position, what was it like second week of, of, <laughs> of the season? But he's, he's absolutely smashing it and I'm really happy for him. I'm not because that just means <laughs> there's two really good quarterbacks in my division for the next 10 years. And, yeah. uh, but no, he's, He's been excellent, and uh, all everyone who believed in Marcus Mariota, just remember, come on, he's 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 all too human, and uh, yeah, uh, the it'll be interesting because the Chargers are going to have to fire Anthony Lynn, so we'll see. But they certainly have a good quarterback to uh, to get things started with. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for you, Mitch, because you're not winning that division with even the third best quarterback, like. You, I, I feel bad. I feel like I feel if you draft Zach Wilson, you really have to hope he's almost like Justin Herbert, like reincarnated in terms of like draft position to actually what you, you see on the field. I mean, I I actually really like the a lot of other pieces that the Broncos have. I don't think quarterback's the only issue, but I think if you put a competent guy in there, uh, that look the chief are, the Chiefs have so many guys that are there on a discount right now just because they want to be part of that. And uh, they have some weaknesses. So I, I don't know if the Broncos will ever do better in a 16-game season in the next five years, especially, you know, till things sort out. But I'm actually fairly confident that we're not that far away from, from competing. And that's the beauty of the NFL, right? Really, no team should be. You should have teams that perennially screw it up. Mm. Well, that was kind of going on to my next point about the, uh, the Patriots not making the playoffs for the first time in eight years, losing to the Dolphins as well. So, um the Patriots, where do they where do they go from here? Is Cam Newton the answer? No. No. He won't be back next year. No, I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots, I mean, everyone's saying like about it the minute like the Patriots are gonna go for someone like Matt Stafford. And it's just they like, so they're like, no, 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 no. It, it's that's far too obvious. Bill Belichick has got something up his sleeve. He's gonna bring some quarterback in and it is gonna work. Like a Ryan Tannehill, he'll bring someone like that in and it is going to work. Trust me, if the Jets move off Sam Darnold, I Bet you a million this, the, the, the uh, Patriots are interested in taking him in the sweepstakes. Bet you a million. That's well, let's just enjoy do. the moment. Let's just enjoy this moment right now where everyone in Boston can shut up a little bit. Goodness <laughs> knows why that terrible town has been given so much sports success over the last <laughs> decade and a half. Just please just shut up and be quiet for like 10 minutes. I don't want to hear your accent. I don't want to hear about the Red Sox or the Patriots. You guys suck right now. At the beginning of the season, Cam Newton had like one good game and everyone's like, oh, everyone in the NFL just passed over him like idiots and Bill Belichick's a genius. No, Bill Belichick might be a genius, but they suck right now. And it is a beautiful thing to behold. And this is a fully objective take for me. Thank you. To be fair, like the Patriots, is it not some like eight of their defensive starters uh, pulled out for COVID? And like, it's not just any guys. Like It's guys like, you know, uh, Hightower and all have, have pulled out this year. So if there was a year to suck for the Patriots, it's definitely this year because when you've got maybe someone like Sam Darnold, Stafford all coming up on the market, like I think they'll make one or two moves and they'll be back next year. You know, as bad as the Patriots are, they might still finish the season eight and eight. 
And that, to me, is just that, – that's one of the best seasons ever I think Belichick's had coaching. If he gets this team to eat me, like, it's a terrible football team from, mm-hmm. from just watching. Their, their offense is so anemic. It is, oh, I love it's watching hard to it. watch. I love it. I love watching them suffer. I hope Bill Belichick retires. Yep. It'll be great for football. Oh, no, he's not retiring. I can guarantee that he will not retire. And how about them Browns? Ten and four. Baker Mayfield looks like he's cooking. Nick Chubb's cooking. Yeah, I, it's just hard to it's hard for anyone to convince me that they're going to do it in like a gritty playoff game because still mistake prone. Um, but I, I enjoy watching them. I think they've had a pretty easy back half of their schedule here, and so yeah, mm. they're going to end up in a good spot. And I would rather root for them over a bunch of the other teams that are going to make the playoffs. So more power to you. Uh, if I was playing fantasy football this year, Chubb's my guy. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think what, what impressed me was Chubb only had it was a fifty yards rushing last night on fifteen carries. So like, it, it, you can tell the Giants were still anytime he, you know they were still playing to defend the run. But you know, Baker Mayfield had to pick the defense apart because you're getting a lot of one on one looks, and you know you still have to beat the defense. And they go twenty seven to thirty two for nearly three hundred yards. I thought he looked impressive, but it's the same thing with Baker Mayfield. Is if you've got you've got one on one the outside, he looks great. If all of a sudden people start rushing forward and start dropping the defense back, he looks bad. It's, you know, yeah. I'm still not convinced on him. If I was the Browns, I would not be taking up that fifth-year option. Um, but, I mean, hey, look, they're going to make the playoffs, and it's going to be fun to see the Browns in the playoffs. Where would you go from there, then, if, you wouldn't, if you're not giving him the fifth-year option? What, what, what are the Browns going to do? Well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, like – I always, I, I always thought Sam Darnold was the best quarterback in that draft, and I'm, I'm still convinced like if he went to a decent team, he would look ten times better than what he does right now. But I don't even think you need like a really good quarterback to have this team playing successful. Like, who would you rather have, Matt Stafford or Baker Mayfield? I'd rather have Matt Stafford, you know. And you think about it, like all those years in Detroit with a pretty average offense and a pretty average defense. Like you give him this team, I, I think it would go a lot of places. But um, the, the problem for the Browns is you probably really do need that top end quarterback to, to win nowadays because it's just that many great quarterbacks and they're gonna make that many great plays to get that top end quarterback is virtually impossible so like, I'm, I'm i'm aggressive when it comes to like team management i would swing and keep swinging until you, you hit um, and i think there's better than baker mayfield so i would always look to improve that but yeah some something like matt stafford probably would would be the guy i'd be targeting do you guys agree with the when people say that Baker Mayfield's a bit complacent with the team that he's got and he's a bit complacent with his with his ability and he's not playing to he could be much better but he he maybe he's given off this vibe that he just doesn't really love football anymore I've seen some people talking about that what do you guys think about that kind of depends who's saying it I think that is such a tough thing when you're not you know seeing seeing what he's doing behind closed doors as a leader and progressing to make himself better um because I will say the only thing you you can take from what we do see of him is that he is a competitor. So it would it would kind of be surprising to me if he wanted to win that badly, but was that uninvested in the game because he's going to take a massive hit to his pride if he doesn't get this next contract. And I would think even if he's there for the money, then at that point you have to self improve yourself to pick up that second contract so that you get that that money. So uh, I, I would say that sounds a bit overblown but uh i'm he he's clearly got an ego which gonna have to at in that job but i don't know 
it kind of depends who's saying it where I, if I would believe anything like that. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, like kind of hurt to tell him we're not picking up your fifth year option at the minute just to see what he would play like in the final year of that contract. Like, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to see what his max ability would be when he's really under pressure to perform. Because at the end of the day, like if you're in a final year of a contract and they're saying, look, we're not going to give you the fifth year option, that's $20 million. You know, you put him under mass pressure. And I would say that's similar pressure to what you would see in, face in the playoffs. You have to perform every week. And I think you would really see as to whether or not he's your franchise quarterback. But, you know, the, it depends. Like, it depends. Like, I, I don't see big, I see Baker Mayfield as a glorified game manager. So I think the ceiling for Baker Mayfield is pretty much what it is at the minute. And I, I don't, I don't see the superstar potential that everyone well, thought he had in Oklahoma. I don't see superstar potential, but he has some game making moments. And if he can just limit the mistakes and if you said it, a game maker with a few of those big plays, then if he becomes more consistent, I think he's fine. I would actually say if I I would put money on it that he will be the starting quarterback for the Browns next year. They're going to win 11 or 12 games. And if they win a playoff game, uh, I yeah, I don't see any reason. There's so much to improve around him still. And if he's cheap in that fifth year, I don't see why they don't bring him back. But there is going to be a quarterback carousel. And there are at least four college quarterbacks coming into the league that people kind of expect to play right away. So if the Browns decide, you know what, let's just take another swing now, then they can do that. But they've had so much inconsistency over the last two decades. I, I really think they're going to stick with what they've got. Well, yeah, if, if, you, yeah, if, you, if you have a bit of money on, I, I do think they take big, bigger Mayfield, silly for the fact they've had a quarterback carousel for the last you know decade. So I wouldn't be shocked. I, I do think they'll take up the option on them. I'm just saying that I think there are better guys out there, but I don't, I don't blame the Browns if they take up an option. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree that there are there are definitely people that can come in and start straight away. But I think the whole kind of mantra about Baker Mayfield is that he loves to be the underdog and he loves to be the guy that, that you know, everyone doubts and I'm going to prove everyone wrong. So maybe if he doesn't get that fifth year option or if they say that they're not planning on giving it to him, maybe that will, like you've been saying, like ignite that kind of fire that he needs to to continue to prove people wrong. Because I think you can't be an underdog if you're the number one overall pick, if you're still the starting quarterback, you're not really an underdog anymore. So I think maybe he needs that, that kind of storyline to keep with that kind of mindset that he's got, but we'll just have to wait and see, I think. Um, but the NFL is interesting now. It's, it's getting interesting. It's not just the Patriots yeah. destroying. Yeah. Like, like I mean, for Baker, like Baker has the same mindset Brady has of like, Oh, I'm an underdog. I was overlooked. And like, you're right. Like once you're the first overall pick, it's like, no Baker, you're not. Like everyone recognized, oh, maybe actually overvalued your talent. So, mm. yeah, I think you need to almost give him bulletin board material to sit and say, like, oh yeah, you're not actually as good as we thought you were. And then you can turn away. Oh yeah, well, watch this. I'm Baker Mayfield. I'm a two-time walk-on. I'm a Heisman winner. And that's yeah. I think when you get the best out of him. When all of a sudden everyone starts firing at him left, right, and center. Yeah. When things are going good, I don't think you get the best out of him. But so we'll 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 move on to the MVP race. Um, who 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 do you guys have as your top three uh, MVPs? Can be quarterbacks or or non quarterbacks. It's up to you. Uh, number one, Kermit the Frog, also known as Pat Holmes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I listened to him last night when he was getting interviewed by Tracy Wilson, and it just I just sat there and I was just like, it just sounds like Kermit the Frog. Yeah, he does. But, uh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can we all disagree? It's Pat Mahomes. I mean, I'd like to say Aaron Rodgers just to be annoying, but. Like, if you want to put Aaron Rodgers in your top three, you can. 
but I'm it's the number one just to be that guy. Okay, well, you're wrong, but that's okay. That's that's hey, what you're one, right. One bad week. One bad week. No, I mean, I just don't think he's playing otherworldly at at the moment, and Patrick Mahomes' existence is otherworldly for right now. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers do better. If I were going to put anyone second, and if we were going to do the MVP is the most valuable over, you know, it's clearly really the most outstanding player. I think Josh Allen has a claim to it, not just because he just crushed the Broncos. I think that dude has gotten so much better and is so much fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like when people, yeah. Like what annoys me is when people are like, Oh, Josh Allen's going to turn the ball over. Like, you know, the old time they're like, yeah, he's a gunslinger and he's really good at it. Like he's going to risk it for the biscuit. You know, it's like, I, I, I'm agree with you, Mitch. Like you, you, everyone sits there and goes, Oh, they're really well coached. They're really well, you know, you sit and watch the Bills, and you're like, the Bills look fantastic when Josh Allen's playing really well. When Josh Allen plays good, the Bills don't look as good. And that tells me they're a lot more quarterback centric than what people like. Like he threw for 360 yards yesterday. Or, you know, or on well, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, people just look at that and they just go, Oh, yeah, well, the Broncos are a bad team. Nearly three for 400 yards. Like, and that is the Broncos defense has actually played pretty well. They, they held the chiefs down pretty well last week. So it's not like they're complete trash and they're, you know, still missing our top three corners, one of our top safeties and Von Miller. So it, it's, he did it against a decent team, but yeah. Like, I, and he also, like, he also did that mile high, like my high, mile high in terms of like environmental, like you know, one of the yeah. toughest environments probably to play football. And he still nearly threw it for 400 yards. Like, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I would probably have him number three, um, just because I, I do think Rodgers is, is the big reason the Packers are 11-3, and three, yeah. but he's definitely top three candidate. I think he gets so much disrespect. It's unbelievable. Who are some non-quarterback uh, MVP options? Not Look, a quarterback's going to win it. it. I mean, you have to have an incredible out-of-your-mind season to change that. I think it's been since 2012 when Adrian Peterson won it. That was the last time. But uh, if you had to nominate some uh, some other players, who would they be? Uh, Derek Henry probably. Yeah, 100%. I mean he is, he is probably the entirety of that uh, Titans offense. I mean, well, not the entirety, but he's a big, big part of it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair to to Ryan Tannehill, there, there are some times where they hand him the keys to the car, and he does mm-hmm. do a really good job of it. Um, I, I actually, he, I you know, he, he's played pretty well. Um, it's just you, you, you know, if you can shut down the run, then you really have a good chance to beat the Titans. But, but yeah, Derek Henry's been an absolute beast for the last what three seasons now. Yeah, so, yeah, I would, he's I been would phenomenal. Put uh, Dalvin Cook there as well. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been playing unbelievable football this season. I think he's been like even just for fantasy numbers, he's been putting up huge, huge numbers every week. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so he's probably the second guy I'd have on there. Um, uh, Someone else actually I want to give a real shout out to Xavier Hard at the Dolphins. Nine interceptions this season. He's yeah, been yeah, an yeah. absolute <laughs> lockdown yeah. on one side of the ball. I mean, as has Jalen Ramsey. Like Jalen Ramsey has shot. The reason Jalen Ramsey doesn't get so many interceptions is because people don't target him. So him and Xavier Hard, I think, are the two best corners in football right now. And they just shut one side of the field down. He has had a phenomenal season uh, yeah. for, for Miami. Um, one other person I'd like to talk about as well is. Um, Stefan Diggs, um, he he obviously expressed his dislove at being at Minnesota. Uh, you know, saying that he wanted to to be the star receiver, uh, and you know he's gone to to the Bills now, and he, I think he's helped Josh Allen a lot. Um, 
to put up the numbers that he has. And wide receiver has never won the MVP. So maybe there's talk about Stefan Diggs being up there as well. No. Was it, it 1,300 receiving yards or something this season? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking Stefan Diggs. And I'm liking that he, you know, he talked the talk and he's actually backed it up. And I love it when people do that. I think what's interesting is because we've clearly, you know, we used to be in an era of running backs being the biggest stars in the NFL. Not, I mean, quarterbacks were kind of in their own league always, but now wide receivers have caught up, if not surpassed running backs in a lot of ways. There's very few backs we see as special and important, whereas that's kind of become what the receivers are. But because wide receivers uh, are, of course, directly linked to the performance of a quarterback, even if we're in the age of the wide receiver compared to the age of the running back, we're probably never going to see a wide receiver recognized in that way, which, you know, that, that kind of sucks. Cause it's like, if they're with a good quarterback, the quarterback's going to get credit. If they're with a mediocre quarterback and they do great, it's like, well, that's all that quarterback can do. And you know, there's only so much a receiver can do to be a game changer without. So I do think like uh, we need to give a shout out to the best receivers because they, they will not get some of the benefit that they should. Yeah. yeah, like when, when everyone says like, oh, to be a great team, you have to run the ball to suck the defense. And I like I go, well, why can't I have like two receivers who are really good who can stretch the field and that opens it up another way. And, you know, when you look at like what Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I know, I know Travis Kelsey's a tight end, but like when, when you look to see what they do and that track team of receivers at, at the Chiefs, like they completely open up the field. And like everyone used to say your wide receiver was like the icing on the cake. Like it was the guy you didn't really need, but, you know, it was nice if you had him. I think you're right, Mitch. I think you need a top receiver nowadays to be able to actually t- to get deep into the postseason because you need somebody else to to be a focal point for defenses to target rather than just a good run game and a good quarterback. You know, like if you've DeAndre Hopkins on your field, he's getting double teamed, potentially triple teamed. That is going to open up so many avenues for to go through. So, yeah, I, I think the wide receiver nowadays doesn't get the, the love that they really should do because everyone just turns around and says it's a diva, diva position. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, other than Xavier Howard, Xavier Howard, what other um, defensive players do you see maybe scratching on the uh, MVP board? TJ Watt. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's got to be a stealer on there, right? Yeah, Aaron, I mean Aaron Donald. Oh, we can keep going back to TJ Watt. You know, Aaron Donald has been not good for so long. I think everyone just gets numbed by the fact he's so good. Like he's nearly had thirteen sacks this year, and like nobody talks about it because it's just standard Aaron Donald. Like he he has phenomenal years, and they're just the same year for Aaron Donald. It's just everyone's got used to it now, and it's it's kind of sad because. I think it was is it Hassan Reddick has like 11 sacks on the year and everyone was saying about what a great season he had and one of the best players in the league. And you're like, Aaron Donald still has a half a sack more than one and a half sacks more than you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a deep and he's a defensive tackle. Like yeah. he's in the yeah. middle of the line. They're not supposed to sack the quarterback 12 times. Like, so. Yeah. It's just, he's, he's a clip machine, that guy. I and mean, you see him like with two 300 pound linemen on each arm and just tossing them around like they're nothing. He's an absolute freak in nature, that guy. Uh, what about Miles Garrett? What do you guys think of Miles Garrett? He's probably one of my favorite de- defensive players. Yeah, he's been spectacular as well. I think whatever you say for the Browns, I mean, they've, they've held some teams back and he's made game-changing plays. Like, um, he's, 
who can I even compare him to? He's just the kind of guy who's going to make a couple of, of game breakers in a season that can literally change the trajectory of everything that you're doing. And, um, you know, obviously he had disciplinary issues and stuff. And so to see him come back and just do his thing has been really fun. Uh, and uh, Jeremy, what, what do you think of uh, Let Russ Cook? What's your, uh, what's your opinion on that? Let Russ Cook, but like, let's give him a sous chef or two. Uh, <laughs> essentially like don't get me wrong I love just watching Ross just sling it with those moon balls where you're like where is this going this is going out of bounds oh no there's DJ Moore on, right on the touchline like what a catch like don't get me wrong like it, it's fun to see him as a highlight reel but like I realize we are at our best when he throws for realistically somewhere around 200 yards that's when we are our destructive best like you, you need the run game to make the the, the, the constant little, like tiny cuts, tiny cuts, and then rush just hit you with a gash. That 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 is effectively what we we try and do. And like, yeah, let him sling it a bit more than normal. I trust him more than I do our run game, especially with DK Metcalf. But yeah, just let's let's rein it back in a little bit. You can't win MVP now. Let's just rein it back in and defend December football. Let's run the ball time. Mm. You don't turn the ball over, please. Stop forcing it. Do you think maybe it's been on his mind? Do you think why maybe that's why he's oh yeah, hundred percent. Like if you the reason I think Aaron Rodgers is 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 fine and not chasing MVP numbers is because he has won one. I think if you haven't won one and you're Ross's age now and you've played as well as he's played and you've carried an anemic offense for you know, for two years, we really were bad on the offensive side of football. We were horrible to watch, and he carried us the the playoffs. I, I do think it, it does play on his mind. Like you can't tell me that Buffalo game that especially he wasn't sitting there going, I can absolutely throw this all over the yard, put up massive amount of numbers because these guys can't stop me. And the next thing you know, it's pick, pick, and then you're in real trouble. So mm-hmm. it, it, it plays on his mind. I think if he was playing for the Chiefs, he would win it easily. It's just with Pete Carroll, it's very much so I'm not gonna turn I really don't want us to turn the ball over because I really don't want this to be more than a one score game at any point. So yeah, uh, I, I think it's been on his mind. I think he gave up on it uh, probably about four weeks ago. He gave up on it, and it's no coincidence that we have looked a lot more solid, especially defensively, now that he's not really chasing MVP numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, we'll move on to the final topic of today, the uh, 2021 NFL mock draft. Um, so with the Jaguars now losing 13 games in a row, are they favourites to pick up Trevor Lawrence this week, this uh, this year? It's yeah, just they... so funny to me. Just anytime someone says, like in the NFL, they've lost thirteen games in a row, but they're happy. It's just, yeah. it just it always just hits you. I'm just like it's just so different to UK sport. But um, yeah, no, I yeah. feel sorry for Trevor Lawrence because you're going to go to either one or you're you know you're either going to put it this way, you're going to go to two bad organizations. You can go to one that will give you a suntan, or you'll go to one that you'll need a fur coat. Take your pick. You know, it, it's, um, yeah, I feel bad for him. I just picked the Jets because it's in New York. That, that's literally it. <laughs> I do think that the Jets have, um, or sorry, the Jaguars actually have the better setup. They have a couple of key pieces. They have more solid picks um, that would come up behind him. They're going to put new management in. Um, I, Florida's nice weather, if not full of crazy people. Um, it, the, and I think they technically have the tiebreaker right now. So it'll be very interesting to see if either of those teams wins a game. Cause like you said, like now that the fully defeated season is not on the table, it, 
it's such a conundrum. Like if you're a coach, you kind of need to fight because you might get fired regardless. But if you're a defensive end, you know, you're going to be there next year and you know, you're better off with a new coach and a new quarterback. Are you kind of motivated to tank? And while relegation would, I, I do want it for NLS. It would, it would just never work in American football or basketball or baseball. It just does not make sense. And, and that does suck because then you have to deal with the tanking issue. I do wonder if the NFL will try and adopt some sort of lottery or make, make there some sort of issue with teams really seeming to tank. But if, yeah, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, look, you were anointed your sophomore year that you were going to come in. He's been the highest touted quarterback to come out. The most sure thing since Andrew Luck. If I'm him, you kind of, you also don't want to look like a jerk. Like when a couple quarterbacks came out, they refused to go to certain organizations. John Elway did it. Um, and that's why he got drafted by the Baltimore Colts and traded to the Broncos right away. He's not going to want that diva label. Um, I think he's going to go in and try and do what so many quarterbacks have tried to do at both of those organizations. He's, but I, I would like to think he's going to be better than all the Blake Bortles and Sam Darnold's, by the way, I'm not writing off Sam Darnold, but clearly he's not, you know, the jets are not going to just stick with him. So Trevor Lawrence, you're a little bit screwed, but uh, I think you're going to end up in Florida and and I don't think it's actually the worst situation in the world. No, like if, if you, if you were the NFL, like you ideally, if you had the pick between Jacksonville and, and the jets, who would you rather have as a, as a, to get Trevor Lawrence and, and go up, it would be the jets because it's a major market. But yeah, yeah. I, I like you from a like, marketing standpoint, but if you're <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if he wants oh, yeah. to be like the star in the big city, you know? No, and he doesn't come across as I like Trevor Lawrence comes across as like a really chilled out, quite, you know, mellow guy. He's like doesn't really he doesn't want the spotlight, doesn't 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 bother him that he has it, but at the same time he's like, yeah, it is what it is. But like I agree with you, like um Jacksonville's got some really nice pieces. Like James Robinson has been phenomenal this year. Oh, fantastic. Um, I'm not sure whether that's because they've been overfeeding him the ball, if you know what I mean. So like his stats are really good because he's had the ball more than he normally would if you have a good quarterback. I'm still not sure. I still think he's a good player. I I, I don't know if he's a thousand yard rusher if you have Trevor Lawrence, but I do think he he is a very good, a very nice piece to have. Um, I think there's their, their problem is just going to be like weapons on the outside. Like that was their problem when they had um, who was it was a quarterback um, during their playoff run, uh, Blake Bortles. The, the, their problem was you had D.D. Westbrook and I think you had Robinson, who's now with the Bears. At the time, I just always thought they lacked weapons on the outside, and like they, they really do lack that now. So, my question is, can you get somebody like? I mean, you're not going to get a D Hop, like because there's nobody stupid enough to trade away someone that good. But <laughs> could you maybe go to the the Cowboys and say, here we'll take one of your receivers from you, you know, to, to get them down over here, but we'll give you some picks, you know, whatever team drafts Trevor Lawrence you're going to have to put weapons around them. And I don't trust either organization to do that. So if we, if we assume that Jacksonville are going to get the first pick and take Trevor Lawrence, uh, if the Jets are second, do you think they would be sensible enough to take someone like Panaisul or are they going to take Justin Fields? I think Justin Fields is uh, going to get drafted in the top three. I, I would be very curious if whoever ends up with the second pick doesn't try and leverage it to just drop down to maybe four or five and get, but get something really juicy out of tr- another team desperate to trade up. Okay. But okay. what other, but what other team, the, the Broncos maybe would be desperate to trade up. We don't have anything to trade. Don't no. 
we're going to take whoever's there. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's one thing. I mean, the one thing the Jets do have is a lot of cap space. So you may, they, you could trade a player or two, but yeah, it's, I would, tra- if I was the Jets, I would genuinely look at it and go, is the difference between Sam Darnold and Justin Fields that big that I would really need to draft Justin Fields? And then if you do draft him, you're going to have to move Sam Darnold on and try and get something for him. And I always say, I'm sort of going, the gap isn't big enough between the two of them that I would pick Justin Fields. So I would trade that number two pick and try and get something for Sam Darnold. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just a mess. I mean, even if you go to the Jets, if, if they don't fire Adam Gase, like, it, it's over before it even begins. So, <laughs> you know, and it, I don't trust the Jets, even if they do fire Adam Gase, to go and get somebody good. I mean, if it was me, Urban Meyer would be one of the first people I call. But, no, I think they'll probably go for the next Freddie K. And that's probably who you'll see on the headset, the sidelines. So I if- can't believe it. If, if we're assuming that the, the Broncos are going to be like a like around a 12, 13, 14 pick, do you have any ideas, Mitchell, who they're going to look to take, maybe trade up? Um, I I wish I'm – I follow every Broncos insider, whatever there is, and there is – there's it seems like the Broncos are still really open to letting Locke develop, and they were comparing him to Josh Allen because, you know, look – the first two and a half, three years of Josh Allen, the bright spots were bright and brighter than what Locke has shown. But um, now that he's turned into this, obviously uh, Locke is not a runner like him, but he, he has a lot of other similar traits. They're like, maybe we need to stop trying new quarterbacks and invest in one for a little bit. But I feel like we know, just like we knew about Brock Osweiler, like we even offered him 17 million, which was too high just because he was all right. And we figured we could build around him and then maybe pull him out for someone else. So I don't see the Broncos making a big jump, but would I be surprised if they take goodness, if they're at pick 12, that could, they're probably looking at the fourth quarterback by then They're you know, and uh, who, who's the third guy that people are talking about fields and Trank or something. I don't know. So maybe it is Zach Wilson. That'd be a third very odd merging Trask of my fans. Zach Wilson, yeah. yeah. Trask. So I, I would be shocked if four quarterbacks don't go in the top 16, um, but that happens almost every year, but I don't know if the Broncos are willing to like make a leap because if it came down to it, where it was the cost was just too high, maybe they bring in a Stafford or a Darnold and have them compete with Locke to see if that helps Locke. They do say he's like an insanely competitive, um, guy he's well liked. Um, but I don't see them overspending. Then again, I want John Elway to be fired. So a GM might come in and I couldn't tell you what the hell he's going to do. To be just to give you guys a just to give you guys an idea as well, Jacksonville has two first round picks. Which, if you were to get a quarterback and then you could maybe move out of the first round and get some more stuff, I really, I uh, that is a pretty nice position to be in. And the Jets as well have two first rounders because they get R one for uh, Jamal Adams. Yes, again, not bad. But here's the one team actually. Just looking at the draft order while we're talking about it. There's one decent team and they've got two first round picks and one of them's a top six pick in Miami. And Mm. Miami is either going to do one of two things. They're either going to draft, move back and get a lot more stuff to get to attack, help to attack a Bialoa. Or I think they might package it, try and move up and maybe get one of the top players in the draft to help to it. I'm... They're sensible. I think they'd probably move back, 
but it would not shock me if they were to go up and try and get one of these top, top players in the draft. Yeah, I mean, there's some definite big, big hitters in this draft coming up. There's some well, big yeah, I, I mean, for, I mean, they, they, they probably would look at that guy, the Oregon tackle. Um, nice tool. Yeah, that, to me, he's like, do you remember when, um, uh, who's he got, Quentin Nelson came out of Notre yeah. Dame? Yeah. He's like one of those guys you're just like, yeah, that'd be great. Let, just get yeah. him. Oh. Once in a while, you have to you have to do that, and you have to trust that it's going to be worth it. But with offensive linemen, it's 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 scary. It's a ballsy pick. Um, I mean, the, he, he was second place in the Heisman vote for a lineman. That's yeah, insane. I mean, as well, but the fact as well, they have the restrictions on like tra- like lineman, you know, training lineman basically with contact. Like if you're in the draft, there is a surefire lineman and. He is definitely going to be one. Just go get him. Like yeah. you could do that. They could also get somebody like a Devonta Smith out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be up in that top five pick. I think if you're, you know, depending on obviously what you want, they are, it's obviously in a way it's cheap labor. You're not going to have to pay them for a long time. Uh, it's better than going out and getting a top player who has a big contract at the minute. So, I mean, they could do that. I, I just think the offensive lineman is the one that if I was the Dolphins, I would be saying here, take my six, take my 22nd. You get, if you're the judge, you, you're whoever is the second at the time, probably will be the judge. You move down to six and 13 and, you know, let us go get that lineman. Um, I want to bring up one more team that might be in the draft for a quarterback. And that might be, if I were a quarterback coming out, the team I would prefer um, and that is the 49ers. I don't know if they are set on bringing back Garoppolo, who's increasingly getting injured and has just not seemed to really be able to put it together. And you've got to think that Shanahan knows what he wants and he knows if it's there or not. I would not be surprised if that is actually a team that comes in and decides to grab a quarterback in the first. And if I'm a college quarterback, I might be quiet and be like, please let me slip to, I think they're 11 right now or thir- uh, 11 or 12 right now. Like, yeah, please let me slip down. But like they have the same problem you have in that by that point, like those quarterbacks will be gone. Like presumably Jacksonville Jets take quarterbacks. That's Justin Fields gone. That's Trevor Lawrence gone. Atlanta might take a Zach Wilson, kind of like what the Chargers did last year. There's probably another one gone. You know, then you get to Detroit. If Detroit's moved on from Matt Stafford, you there could be Tra- Kyle Trask gone. So by the time it gets to 12, like I, I think Kyle Trask might be the only one available at 12. And I'm not convinced Kyle Trask is a franchise quarterback. I, I'm not convinced. I'm not so, convinced that Trevor Lawrence is a franchise quarterback. I mean, for every Andrew Luck, I do feel like this is the most confidence we've had in a guy since. There's a lot of guys. I mean, the draft that Josh Allen, Sam Darnold uh, came out of, you know, Rosen, I think, did not get a fair shake, but he didn't show us enough to think that, you know, that is the greatest loss. But otherwise, it's – you, you we got an MVP out of that, and somehow it really doesn't seem like Lamar Jackson is going to be like a long-lasting, high-impact player. So for me, there there is no such thing as a sure thing. So really, it comes down to if I'm going to trust one guy to choose a quarterback who maybe wasn't one of those four or five names, um, it's going to be Kyle Shanahan. So I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if Garoppolo is also part of that quarterback carousel. But who's going to take his contract? Like genuinely, he's going to take that contract with his injury history. The New York Jets. There's a lot of stupid teams out there. The Jet. I mean, I'm I'm uh, going to say the Jets are smart for once, and they don't have three quarterbacks on the roster. 
you never know. There are, as you say, a lot of stupid teams. Um, but well, it I might don't... depend on the coach that they hire. The coach might say, "Hey, let's let's move forward with Darnold. Use that pick on." Uh, oh, who is it? there's another lineman coming out of Oregon, a tackle that everyone's really excited about. Like, I, I just I wouldn't put the I'm not I just don't trust the Jets to make a smart decision. No, I do. I actually like Joe Douglas. I think he's done a good job since he's been there. Um, I mean, the other guy who's getting quite a lot of love, who's probably going to be mid-first round, is Trey Lance out of North Dakota. Obviously, same, same places from Josh Allen, isn't it? No, no, he's from Wyoming. Or is that Carson Wentz, I'm thinking of? Yes, yeah, yeah. Carson Wentz, yeah. Um, like, he's one who's going under the radar a little bit. I mean, the one he's projected to go around about 16, like, I know you don't want to hear this, Mitch, but New England is in 15. <laughs> Damn it! They are, they are not far off the 49ers' position, so they could definitely package some of these picks and move up. Because I, I think Bill Belichick or someone said this year was finally the year that the, the hands came to roost with their financial cap problems. But so moving on next year is when that really opens up for them. So if they're going to go for a quarterback, they are not far off a top ten pick. Which you know, if they ended up with a Zach Wilson, I trust Bill Belichick enough that that will be the start of another dynasty. You know how cursed I would be if I had to like I can't I can root against a team and want a one player to do well, but that would be it. I would be like, oh, I want Zach Wilson to throw five touchdowns and I want the Patriots to lose, and that's just not going to happen. It would really tear me up inside. Like watching Kyle Vanoy win those Super Bowls was like, uh, I mean, look. I've been around Kyle. It's not like he was my favorite BYU player ever, but you want to see, like I'm from a mid-major university when it comes to college football. So I want to see those guys do well. And we're having a lot of success in the last couple of years, but it just burned my soul to be like, Oh, I want this BYU guy to get a Super Bowl, but I hate the Patriots. If it was the quarterback, if it was the freaking quarterback, and I know he would do well there, it would, it would honestly, I would, I would combust. It would be, I'd be torn. I'd be Jekyll and Hyde every freaking Sunday. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I'm just, there's quite a lot of teams at the minute. I'm like, they're all the same level. Like, something like Washington's like 19th in the draft. Like, they're very close to eight and eight. Like, I, I, I thought Ron Rivera probably was one of the best hires, um, quiet best hires made last year. I agree. Um, but, but there's one team actually to sign off for me. There's one team I look at the draft and I think they'll be interested in a quarterback, but they're far too low to get one of these top ones is Indianapolis. And I'd be very interested to see with Philadelphia having the seventh overall pick, would they be interested in trading Carson Wentz? Or they're going to trade one of them. And I think it's going to be Wentz. So if you're someone like Indianapolis, I think you look at it and you go, when was Wentz at his best? With Frank Reich. What have we got? Really good coaching stuff and loads of weapons. I, I, Wentz, something's got to give with his contract because he's too injury prone to for anyone. I don't, I think he deserves a second chance. I don't know if he'll ever be like, he was like MVP for like 10 games, you know, but the injuries and then the fact that this year he's been healthy or as healthy as we know, and just played like absolute trash. Like that's a puzzling one. Cause I'm, I'm intrigued by Wentz. I almost want the Broncos to take him, but for like one fifth of the price that he's at right now, he's stuck in a, and the Eagles are stuck. Cause I don't think Jalen hurts is the guy of the future. He's going to have an exciting start. And I promise you it is going to fade. I, I can. Oh yeah. Like all these sort of like run first quarterbacks, like it does not work, but I'm convinced the Eagles are going to be like, it's been that bad for so long. Jalen Hurts looks amazing, but the, you know, Carson Wentz is not going to sit on the bench with that contract. Like they are going to have to move him. And 
it's just they're in a really stuck position because you're they're in a position in the draft where you're like, well, if you really wanted a really good quarterback, you can maybe get one. Just trade the two you've got. But it's you know it's a case of you know it's like who's going to take them. So like if if I was for example, like if they finish where are they seventh? If they finish seventh, they could actually finish higher. Say they finish seventh. You know, say if you went to Indianapolis here, do you want Carson Wentz? You know, better than Philip Rivers. He was best with mm-hmm. Frank Reich. Say they traded that pick, you get the twenty fourth pick. If you, I'm, I'm curious, Mitchell, if you did end up doing that and you got the twenty fourth pick, and say you had the seventh pick, and say Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence, do you maybe ring up the Jets and say, how would you like the seventh and the twenty third to let us go to number two so we can get Justin Fields? I, I don't I think that's a dreamland scenario. I, I don't think it happens. There would have to be something else involved. I just don't like the the price that teams overpay for the top three or four picks when again, like it is there's just so few sure things in the draft. But I think the Colts, like you're you're on to something there. That is a scenario. I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up a quarterback and say the third round and see what he could become while they give Rivers another year, or they just see where this how this quarterback carousel goes and and yeah I'm excited to see which coaches get fired because I think it's going to tell us a lot about where who's going to make those big changes yeah I mean I think Indianapolis is a spot for Sam Donald or Stafford I, I do think they will move on from Philip Rivers because there's sometimes I've watched Philip Rivers this year and it's just like ugh. like when he tries to throw the deep ball you almost can hear like that tennis noise like the, like as he just tries to like, heave it and it's really painful to watch like watching him I try think, and run back and tackle someone, it was just like Philip. Like you're done. Like I you, think you still just play. compared him to Serena, so that's that's a compliment. He doesn't have the body of Serena. I'll, I'll, I'll say that, but uh, he, he also doesn't have the running ability. I see him try and tackle someone. It, yeah. I mean, I I think Indianapolis is in a really nice spot, and they're just gonna at 24. You know, they can either take someone, they can move up if they want, but I mean, yeah. The, yeah, I mean, I wanted the opposite as well. I like what they're doing. Um, and, you know, they're one of my more favorite franchises. So hopefully they do well. Hopefully the Cowboys do terrible and pick, pick another wide receiver in the top 10. Hope they do every <laughs> year because that's clearly what they need. Well, uh, we're, we're 55 minutes in. We've had a, a deep, deep conversation about <laughs> about football. There is one, one last person I want to talk about. Um, someone I find very interesting. Uh, is Ian Book for Notre Dame. Um, someone who's been a quietly very good starter for Notre Dame. I think he's only lost, well, when he lost to Clemson, I think that was his fourth loss um, in four years of being a starter. Do you see him getting drafted or do you think he's going to be someone who just kind of slips under the radar and people just remember him as being the guy that could have made the uh, national championship but is unlikely to now? Yeah, who's the guy, the Washington State quarterback from like a year ago, who everyone thought was pretty decent, was going to go around his sixth round? Uh, what was his name? I can't remember. I think he'll be very similar to that. I think when you listen to a lot, I mean, I listen to a lot of the Fox College Sports coverage guys and like to Joel Klatt and um, who's the running back. He played for USC. He was really, really Reggie good. Bush. Reggie Bush. Yeah, those sorts of guys basically are like, when it comes down to it and the game falls on Ian Book's shoulders, you can sort of see it's not fully there. You know, um, I, I do think he'll fly under the radar. I do think if a team picks him up, hey, you've got a really good, competent 
quarterback or backup quarterback for a long time. But uh, no, I don't think he's going to be another one of these Brady ones who gets picked up late, later rounds and turns out to be amazing. I think he'll he'll go in the sixth or seventh round. I don't have high expectations, just because I think um, I think Notre Dame's a Trojan horse. Most years that it's really successful, they they have a really tough time um, in the end, and that that doesn't have to reflect on him. But like you said, I think uh, it has reflected upon him this year, where he um, th- that has not necessarily been their great strength. But yeah, he'll he'll probably go in the in the later rounds I've seen grades for him as high as fourth or fifth um maybe some guys have done higher that's just the highest I've seen but he is he is intriguing uh yeah. why, why not if you're you know why not yeah, yeah. I, I I think most of Notre, Notre Dame's success just falls on Brian Kelly I think if you took him out of the equation and plugged in an average head coach Ian Book looks not that good so I, I think he's had the perfect setup with with Notre Dame and he's just been good so yeah I'd, i would be i mean as much as draft them it's you know in the late, later rounds i mean you're drafting guys that you probably you're, you're swinging at, at that point you know so if you are one of these more middling franchises who maybe has an older quarterback you have then then why not Just take a swing see what happens so, yeah it's later, it's later pick it's not gonna hurt well um those of you who are still here um thank you very much started to a draft podcast honestly <laughs> yeah thank you i can't uh, wait for, i cannot wait for the draft podcast i i love the draft it's so yeah. much fun um we should do like um like a little live tweet thing about that and maybe the super bowl as well but anyway that's oh yeah that's another another thing um yeah thank you guys for listening uh the next episode will probably be i'm gonna say early january we can say like i don't know eighth or ninth or something like that we can do um, some playoff predictions yeah i mean i'm excited for the next episode i think um I think we'll have some some definite good content coming up in the future, and uh, also some we'll try and get some guests on as well again in the new year. But um, yeah, thank you for those of you who've been listening, um, and we will see you in the next episode.